Turning Point Coaching and Consulting presents Kairos Conversations, Connecting with Quality, the podcast. Kairos is Greek for the right time, the right season, and the right opportunity. This podcast features healthcare quality professionals who share their journeys, their advice, their struggles, how they made that transition into a new and exciting role. My heart's desire is that you find this podcast to be inspirational to you as you make your own journey. Don't forget to share this podcast with your colleagues and friends and rate us on whichever podcast platform you listen to. Thank you for being here. I'm here today with my friend, Naja Martin. Thank you for being here, Naja. Thank you for having me, Brandy. I am super excited. So let's start with introducing yourself to the audience. Okay. Well, I am Naja Martin. I am a doctor of physical therapy. So my healthcare background is as a physical therapist. Um, I've been in practice for many years and ended up finding a passion in quality um, and now work as a director of quality for a specialty hospital. And Brandy and I had the opportunity to connect as we had similar backgrounds and similar passions. And it's just been wonderful. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy that you're doing this. I think so many people can really benefit from what you're doing. Thank you so much. And um, I'm glad you say we had connected because I want people to know how we connected because people don't believe me <laughs> when I say how valuable networking and connections is. How did we meet Naja? We actually met through LinkedIn. Yeah, it's it's not a not a joke. It really is that I don't remember which of us reached out first. I think you may have reached out to me, see, or um, honestly, I don't recall. But looking at just the information in each of our bios, there were similarities. And I think maybe we both at the time had the header that kind of says interested in healthcare quality. And, you know, you can search for those key phrases on LinkedIn. And so we found one another and said, hey, we both have similar interests. We're both doctors of physical therapy. So let's connect. Let's network, if nothing else, you know. And just from there, keeping in contact about, hey, did you see this opportunity? And how are things going with you? Where's your journey taking you? And then obviously you ended up getting into a quality position before I did and you were truly instrumental in helping me to get where I am. And I'm, I'm just so grateful, so grateful for the connection that we made and, and how you've helped me. Thank you so much. And we've actually met in person, which people may not know that, but we have taken a work-related trip together, met separately. We have, so it's been, it's been such an inspirational journey with you, Naja. Absolutely. So tell us about your background. So um, as a physical therapist, I, you know, went into school after first being a tech. I was a rehab tech all through my undergraduate career and into most of actually PT school. Um, and then I went to PT school at University of Alabama in Birmingham. 
And then after I graduated, I started working there at Spain Rehabilitation Center. And it was the most amazing work environment. Everyone was a mentor. There was mentoring from every angle. And I found myself so enriched by that work environment. And then for family reasons, we ended up moving back. My husband and I are both from Georgia. We ended up moving back and I knew I couldn't recreate that. I had an amazing team that I worked with, amazing work environment, wonderful leaders that we worked with. I knew I couldn't recreate that. So I started looking into something else. I knew I had a passion for you know, the work that I did, but wasn't sure exactly where to take my skills and my experience and ended up seeing some positions posted that piqued my interest that were in a similar type of setting. And I applied, didn't get it. I, you know, and that kept happening. I would apply and, and not get the role. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm reading the job description. I'm like, I know I can do this. So I, I would keep at it. And eventually, There was one hospital system that had a number of positions come up over time. And I said, well, I need to just be with this system. So I ended up getting in as a physical therapist first and being within the organization. Um, And then when something came available, I was able to really start my journey into healthcare quality. And from there, I've worked in a number of different capacities and have ultimately now ended up as a director of quality. So it's been a process to to get here. So what do you think the barriers were and how did you overcome those? Because you said you were applying and not getting it. And I know what that's like. So what do you think was a change or what happened? Well, let me tell you what I think the obstacles are. Um, In most roles, Uh, I would say in most hospital settings, traditional acute care hospitals, at least, you have to have a nursing background. Mm -hmm. And I don't have that. But I'm looking at the skill set and I'm saying I can definitely do all of these things. Not only can I do it, but I have a degree that is qualifying me to be able to perform these tasks. But even sometimes I would apply just to see what they would say. There was one opportunity where it was for an admissions representative for this facility. They only had one role for a non-nurse and then otherwise they had to be a nurse. You know, they were willing to think outside of the box, but only to a limited capacity, you know. So a lot of opportunities, they said, you know, we're looking for a nurse. And then ones that were willing to consider healthcare workers that were not um, nursing by background, they needed to promote from within. Like, we need to know who you are first. We're not just going to bring you in off of the street and allow you to come in and work in this non-clinical capacity. You know, nothing has vetted you. You're a physical therapist. Okay, so you took your boards and you have a license. So we trust you to do physical therapy. But all of these other things, we don't really know what y'all do. You know, therapists walk people. Mm-hmm. It's not a thing. You don't walk people. You walk I can, I can turn my head on that one, Mike. Yes. <laughs> we walk pets. We don't walk people. So stop saying that. But <laughs> that's, you know, that's the reputation that we have. 
is this is when you, you know, if it's not mobility related, then physical therapy doesn't do it. But we do so much more than that. And we have so much more knowledge and education that qualifies us to do so much more. And there's not a lot of organizations, at least when I was initially looking, that recognize that. So it, it was definitely an obstacle to try to come in as an outsider. I knew of people who had been promoted again internally. They were already with the organization. They knew the people who were over this department and they were able to go and talk to them directly. Well, as an outside candidate, I didn't have that option. So I was not in a position to be able to go and say, hey, I know that I'm not a nurse or I know you don't really know me, but I'm pretty sure I can do this work. That was not an opportunity afforded to me. Yeah, and I want to point something out for our audience that I don't even know if you realize probably made a difference. But when I first met you and, you know, we met through LinkedIn and looking at your profile and seeing the similarities, and I noticed that you had your job uh, history listed as like a quality outcomes coordinator. Yes. And I think that made a difference, right? Absolutely. Because the job title where I was, was very generic. It did not reflect the level of education, the skill set that was necessary to actually do the work. Mm -hmm. So I searched on Indeed and LinkedIn and just Google searches to try to find a job title that most closely reflected what I did, but not in a niche setting. And so that it would be understood universally. Because even the company that I'm with now, now, some of the titles only exist within that company. So if you're looking at a resume and trying to see what this person does, it may not really be captured. Some things, you know, sometimes we have people apply for a role that requires a clinical background, but it sounds like you can have a high school diploma and do the job. And that's not the case. So I found that identifying the components like quality measures, quality outcomes coordinator, um, you know, quality assessment, things like that. Some of those buzzwords, if you will, that I saw in the job descriptions of the roles that I was looking for, put that together to clarify what I was already actually doing. I think that's a huge point because a lot of clinicians run into that barrier, right? They're trying to figure out how to properly properly communicate the roles that they were doing when the job title itself doesn't lend itself to that. And they get nervous about changing it. Yeah, I think what we have to recognize is the resume is not like legally binding. You know, your resume is meant to be representative of your experience. And my experience in that role as an EarthPi coordinator, well, first of all, the EarthPi is a document. Who even knows what that is unless you're familiar with that very specific setting? So I needed to change that because in the system that I was in also had a long-term acute care hospital where they had a person doing pretty much the equivalent role, but their title was something totally different, uh-huh. you know? So I recognize that the resume just needed to reflect my experience, my skill set, and what I've done. 
Typically, I would still kind of put in parentheses or italicize the job title there. So if they're calling to verify that I worked in that capacity. But typically when people call and do an employment verification, it's really the years that you worked more than anything. I agree with that. So what advice would you give someone who wanted to step into the healthcare quality space? Uh, that's a great question. I would say determine what drives you because what makes, in my opinion, a good healthcare quality individual in any capacity, someone who's passionate about that, needs to be asking about the small details. They need to be interested in the processes. They need to be interested in what broke down. When you hear about a situation or circumstance that didn't go as planned, you should be looking for the process opportunities, the improvement potential in what you heard. How was it supposed to go? What didn't occur? You know, if that's your line of thinking, if that's your approach to thing, if you find yourself wanting to fix things and help people figure out how we can do this better and looking at even numbers and outcomes and here's where we are now. This is where we want to be. How do we get there? I think those sorts of things, anyone can actually begin to do that. Even in a clinical role, there's data available everywhere in healthcare. Sometimes it's just not being captured. Begin to capture data and evaluate how you're performing. You can turn almost anything into a number. A yes can be a one and a no can be zero. You know, you can create your own data within your facility for any outcome that you want to measure and come up with a plan and then reassess and show that to your peers, show that to your leaders to say, look, here's where we were. We implemented this new process or this new program and look at where we are now. I think that opportunity is available in a lot of other roles before you even get into an official quality role, just taking that approach and that mindset. I'm so glad you said that, Nausea, because I find that when clinicians want to transition into another role, whether it's healthcare quality or anything else, they often have not already volunteered for that project or tried to figure out how they contributed to a specific problem or a solution. And then they apply, they're applying for this job and they don't hear anything back because all they have is their clinical. How many patients did I see? And what was my productivity versus like yeah. you said, how, how did this process change and how was I a part of that? Absolutely. I think also highlighting if you are a part of a team, if you are a part of, you know, a particular committee that worked on something, were you there for a new rollout of a CMS standard or, you know, any accrediting organization? Did there was there a change that your hospital or your clinic or whatever made that you were integral in helping to provide education? Because that's also a huge part of the quality world is making sure that everyone understands because 
we can't make progress if people don't know what needs to be done. So you have to be willing to educate also. So those types of things can be highlighted, you know, on your resume as well. And in the interview process, when you're going to sit before someone to explain why you'd be a good fit, it may be that I was on a committee and we worked on X, Y, and Z projects. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any certifications that helps you to get into healthcare quality? That's a that's a question I get all the time. Do I need the CPHQ? Do I need the MBA? Do I need? No, you know, actually, I did I ask you about this this week already? No, I was gonna call. I was actually gonna call you and ask you about you know, what was your process in preparing for the CPHQ? Because I want to do it so that I have it because I, I do think that, you know, it's great to qualify yourself uh-huh. in the field that you're in. Just like if someone in physical therapy wanted to do a national certification, you know, in orthopedics or whatever, this is my field. I am in the healthcare quality and, you know, plan to continue in this field for a time. So this is the appropriate certification for that. And I definitely plan to pursue that. But at this time, no, I, I don't have anything. I, I have my my PTDPT and <laughs> those are the only letters behind my name right now. I love it because I don't think you need the certifications, but I agree with you being once you're in the field getting it to kind of qualify your skill set. And I honestly believe having a certification to have it doesn't really mean anything if you can't use it. So if you can tell somebody, oh, I just got the CPHQ and just to get this job, but I don't know how to do a root cause analysis or I don't know how to do a yeah. pivot table or I don't know how to use the certification or the degree that I have, it's not going to be meaningful to the employer. That's very true. So, but we'll talk later about the CPHQ. <laughs> Definitely. Um, because I do think it's important once you get into the role, if you want to continue in this subset of industry. But I love that you said you didn't need it to get your role. No, I didn't. Because I had related experience where I was a physical therapist. I was this quality outcomes coordinator. I had done admissions. I had worked as a tech. You know, I had a vast amount of experience in different capacities that allowed me to be very holistic in my view of the organization. You know, I can see things from different workflows because Uh I've had those jobs. Or even if I haven't had the role, I haven't been a coder, but when I worked as the quality outcomes coordinator, I worked very closely with our coder and I did have to ask questions. So I may not be certified in doing ICD-10 coding, but I understand the difference between ICD-9 and ICD-10 because I was there for the transition. Uh You know, so there's a lot of related knowledge that you may be exposed to that can help to prepare you for where you intend to go that you may not even realize. You know, like I said, CMS is always rolling out things. Well, I worked when before they transitioned to quality indicators and what does that crosswalk look like? You know, when it came to our DME and what standards changed with the DME companies we use, I helped to facilitate doing that education and making sure we were compliant with things. Um, so I think there's there's a lot of different spaces where I was able to sit at the table and speak to experiences I had 
in other roles that would prepare me to look at what everything is doing. Because in my current role as a director of quality, um, no one reports to me. And you and I talked about this recently. No one reports to me, just a couple of people. But I'm looking at every department. Okay, what is this process you have on this? This process here, this one. Okay, how does this relate to this one over here? Where's the breakdown in this? And having to really have a bead on everything that's going mm-hmm. on in the hospital, it, you you have to be able to see the whole picture and put it all together. So for me, having had background as a tech, as a therapist and doing admissions, doing the quality, I can see the whole picture a lot better than I would say someone who has only ever been a therapist in one environment, because I've also I've done the niche setting, but I've also worked in assisted living. I've also worked in acute care, you know, so I think having a broader resume, even if it is in your specific area can definitely be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Because you have the viewpoint of the continuum of care. Exactly. And where each piece plays into that. Yes, very much so. All right. So here's the telling question of the day. What was your defining point? So I just knew that when I left Birmingham, I wanted to stay in a related area, but I didn't know what that looked like. And I kept looking for certain keywords in my searches and I kept trying to find something that fit. And I found a job that I said, this is what I want. And it was for the PPS coordinator, right? And I I applied for it. I even called and I followed up with the recruiter. And she said, oh, I just filled that job yesterday. Oh, Keep, Keep looking, okay? So I didn't get that. I moved anyway. And I, I started working in assisted living. And then I saw they had another role open. I applied for the admissions role and I didn't get that. And then I said, OK, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to apply as a therapist. And I got in. And for me, it was a retrospective defining point because once I got into the organization, I was only in my role there as a therapist for three months. And I was sitting at lunch one day where the person who was the PPS coordinator was telling us that she was moving and she hadn't told our boss yet. And she was so nervous because she knows the role was very hard to fill. And I'm sitting there and I'm listening to her and she's like, I don't want to tell her because I know she's going to freak out because we've got to have this person. Your quality people are very important. So she knew I I can't just leave her hanging. So as soon as she got up, I followed her out of the room and I said, I want your job. I want your job. And she was like, are you serious? Oh, my God, I've been so stressed. I've been so nervous. I'm like, honey, be nervous no more. I want your job. And she's like, "Okay." So when she went to give her notice, the, 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 um, the director at the time, excuse me, said, you know, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? And she said, well, I think Naja might be a good fit for this, you know. And she said, oh, really? Do you think she'd be interested? She's like, yeah, I think she might be. And so <laughs> then I had the opportunity to go in and talk with her. I told her I was interested. There wasn't even an interview for it. It was 
go ahead. She's going to be gone in two weeks. I want you to sit and start training with her. When I got that job and started in that role, it was almost exactly a year from when I had applied for it and been told no, because she had just gotten the job. And a year later, she was leaving and I got her job. That is beautiful. And uh, for the audience out there, this is my first time hearing this story. So I am just, yeah. uh, it's just beautiful to see because it's just a, a story of resilience. And yeah. you, you moved anyway, like by faith. Yes. From Birmingham to here. And even after that, to add to that, when I moved over here and I applied for the admissions role and I didn't get that because she didn't think I was a good fit for that. That director ended up leaving and a new one came in place and there was a an admissions rep and I was in the quality coordinator role and this new director said, she's not working out well in this capacity. I think you would. What if you all switch roles? So I ended up getting both of the jobs that I applied for <laughs> later. So a delay is not a deny. Say that again. <laughs> okay. So it it really was validating and really just, okay, just because I heard no doesn't mean that it's not for me. It doesn't mean that I'm not qualified. It doesn't mean that I can't. It's just not now. Sometimes it's not now. Now, some things are absolutely no. But in this case, these things were not yet. That is absolutely beautiful. I'm so glad that you shared that. Yeah. All right. So as we wrap things up, one of my last questions is, how can my network support you? Is there anything, any way that they connect with you or any way that they can support you and the work that you do? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to connect on LinkedIn. Definitely. Obviously, it, it has some benefits. <laughs> Brandy and I connected there. So I am, of course, Naja Martin on uh, LinkedIn. There aren't many of us. There actually is another Naja Martin who's a physical therapist, but that was that was weird <laughs> when I found her. I was like, that's not me. So... <laughs> There is Naja Martin, but I'm in Georgia, so she's in another state. But I do, you know, just like yourself, you have this as a passion, which is amazing. And I'm I'm so, so excited for you and the journey that you're embarking on. Thank um, you. I, I do have some side passions of my own. My husband and I have a business together. It's called Pine and Archer. Our website is pineandarcher.com, pine and archer, I should say, dot com. And we do unique accessories for men and women like these wooden earrings I have on here. We do those and a number of other things. So that's all on our website. And then my cousin and I also have a company, tangledrootsresearch.com, where I do genealogy research, which kind of fits with this work that we do in quality, the investigative nature of it and trying to figure out what happened and how things are connected and all of that. It's just that that desire to understand, to know more, the how, the who, the what, it really does pair very well with this. So my my cousin and I just over Thanksgiving, even we're just in the library and the courthouse looking through old records and oh. just having a great time. So same kind of work that I'm doing at work, I, I do in my free time as well. But Awesome. So I will put those links in the comments so that the audience can see it and click on it and, and check you out and see the work that you're doing. And they can really see your work by, by checking you out there. All righty. So as we end this 
Kairos conversation. I want to thank you again, Naja, for being here. I really appreciate our connection, our friendship, and you being willing to share your story. You know, my my heart's passion is for people to be inspired and to know that if we can do it, they can do it too. Really enjoyed our conversation. So again, thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining in. Your support means everything. Be sure to subscribe to the show, share this episode with your friends and colleagues, and rate the podcast on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. I'd love to hear from you. So find me on LinkedIn at Brandy DPT or on my website at www.definingpointcc.com. Enjoy the rest of your day.